You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. So, for this next month, I'm going to start a new series that I I feel uh, that God has kind of been leading me to. Um, Remember a couple weeks back when I came back from the prophetic conference in Dallas, uh, I preached and I told you that there was a a prophetic word that was given um, at the conference in Dallas, and I came and brought it here, uh, and I encouraged you all, uh, because I'm doing it myself, we're doing it here in the church, that the word was, whatever you focus on the next six to eight months is going to propel you into your next five to ten years. That whatever we decide to focus on over the next coming months It's going to drive the direction of our lives in the upcoming years. And so I've been looking at things in my life, looking at things in the church. Okay, God, what do I need to focus on in my family? What do I need to focus on in the church? What what should be the main focuses that I have? Because what I'm doing right now, I want to be doing those things 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. So I've talked to you all about praying and believing to to get out of some debt in our lives, in my own personal life. You know what? I I don't want to be tied down to debt for the rest of my life. I want to be debt-free. And so I'm I'm making some some crazy faith statements to God. Me and God are talking about our finances. How can we get those in order to where I'm not tied to the lender anymore? One of the things that I want to talk about that I want to be a focus here at the church is prayer, is prayer. And I want to focus on prayer over the next couple of months, that we be a praying church, that we be a praying congregation, that we don't just keep the prayers in here, but that we're praying inside and outside of our house. That prayer is a a very important thing that is talked about over and over in the scriptures and something we as Christians sometimes just brush off to the side. Well, I'll pray to God when I need him. I'll, I'll talk to him when everything is at its worst. Remember, whenever Jesus is in the boat, he's sleeping, the water's pouring in. I mean, it wasn't just like, it wasn't when it just started sprinkling where they went and ran and talked to Jesus. It wasn't when the first level of the boat was full of water. Wasn't even when the second level, however big the boat was. It was when the boat was sinking, the disciples had a great idea. Oh, let me go talk to Jesus. Jesus, do you even care that we're going to die? Why do we wait until the very extreme of our life happens to where we finally decide, oh, hey, maybe I should talk to God. That'd be, that'd be something that I should do. I've talked to everybody else, talked to the doctor, talked to my mom, talked to my dad, I've talked to Google. Complained to my coworkers, complained to my boss, complained to my spouse. I've talked to everybody else, and now I'm at my last wit's end. I guess I'll talk to you, God. Why aren't you? Do- and then our prayer usually is, "Why aren't you doing anything, God? My life's falling apart, and you're just up there sleeping. You're not talking to me. You're not saying anything to me." Now I know this is my own personal experience. It's probably never happened to you. Y'all are probably so faithful in your praying that you should be teaching me how to pray. So the sermon series that we're going to be talking about for the next month, I've titled it Spit It Out. Just spit it out. It's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about prayer. 
So number one, let's, let's just get the first biggest question out of the way. The question that I've asked and the question that I want to answer and bring the truth to you is, is prayer biblical? Is prayer biblical? We talk about prayer from the pulpit all the time. Pastors are always encouraging us to pray. Hey, you need to pray. Hey, you need to pray. Well, does the Bible tell us we need to pray? What's the Bible say about it? Well, let's dive into it to see if prayer is biblical because your focus in life should always be about having biblical experiences. As I grow closer and closer to God, I want to have more Bible experiences than non-Bible experiences. I want to experience God like how God hung out with Adam and Eve and Enoch and how he talked to Moses and Abraham and Paul. I want to see miracles like I see in the Bible happen in my life. I want to be the one that's healed when I don't feel good. I want to be the one that's saved. I want to be the one that goes to heaven. I want to be the one that lays hands on the sick and watch them recover. If you're a Christian, then you should be wanting Bible experiences in your life. Not just the traditional Bible or traditional church traditions that have been taught throughout the years. I want to know from the Bible that prayer is biblical. So many different pastors, so many different teachers. You can go to any bookstore, Christian bookstore out there, and they probably have their own section of prayer with a hundred different books that all tell you about different prayers. You need to pray like Daniel. You need to pray like Jesus. You need to not pray like this person. Like, Okay, there's thousands of books on prayer, but let's see what the Bible says about prayer. So let's just go on a quick journey to see throughout the scriptures if prayer is in there. Let's talk about before the Old Covenant. Before the Old Covenant was even established, we see at the beginning of time that God communicates with humanity in Genesis chapter 3. Comes down at the cool of the day, spends time, talks with them. Even when mankind has sinned, he's hiding in the bushes, he's covered up, he can still hear the voice of God. It's a great reminder today that even when you sin, you can still hear the voice of God. Now, mankind didn't know how to talk to God after he sinned. He said, I was naked and I was ashamed. God said, wait a second, who told you that you were naked or ashamed? I, I never told you that. But all of a sudden, after sin entered into the world, we could still hear God's voice. But mankind now all of a sudden had this disconnect where we didn't know how to talk to him. God said, I never told you any of those things. How, how do you know that? And why are you saying that over yourself? So even when we sin, even when we mess up, God can still speak to us. Maybe it's just me, but how many times in our lives of when we sin, we stay away from church. We see the call from somebody in the congregation or the pastor, and we put the phone down. Well, he'll, he'll know. He'll know that I... I sinned. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to go to church because God knows. 
I step foot in the doorsteps of church, the church will catch on fire. It's, you know, hellfire will come down. No, no, no. God, God is actively seeking and searching right when Adam and Eve sins. Here's God. Adam, where are you? We see the communication of God already happening at the very beginning of time. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. It's the first record that we have of mankind calling out to God. After Adam and Eve, here we are. After sin has happened, men made the decision, hey, maybe I should call out to him. Maybe we should talk to him, see what he has to say. How about during the Old Covenant? There's so many different examples we can give. I'll give you one short example. Um, in 1 Kings 17 and 18, the prophet Elijah tells the king, as long as I say so, there will be no rain. No rain. And then in verse 18, he shows back up and he says, okay, now it's time to rain. And it rains. It doesn't rain for like three years. In James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, we see James talking about this story right here. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. In verse 18, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So before the old covenant was established with Moses and the law, we see prayer was established. During the Old Covenant, just in this story, there's other stories, but we see that the prophet at the time prayed, rain stopped, God heard him, stopped the rain, he prayed again, rain came, God answered. So we see prayer happening before the Old Covenant, during the Old Covenant. Now let's see what happens with Jesus. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. This is a scripture that we probably all hate to read. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. <laughs> Middle of the day, after he had a good night's sleep, after he rested, when he got off of work, at night, no, 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 they make sure they explain in detail for all of us to know that Jesus got up in the morning long before the daylight, long before the sun rose. He went out and departed to a solitary place and prayed. We see Jesus praying over and over again throughout the scriptures. He prays to his father. He prays right before he raises Lazarus from the dead. He prays over his disciples at the last supper. He prays over the Christians. When he's on the cross, he prays out. So we see Jesus is all about prayer. Let's jump one more. Let's talk about the new covenant. Let's talk about the disciples and the apostle Paul. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. You can write that down and visit that story later. The disciples had just healed a lame man in the temple. He went, Peter goes into the temple and he starts preaching about what Jesus did and how you crucified them. 
And they didn't really like that too much, so they beat him up a little bit, slap him around, put him in jail. They get out of jail, and in Acts chapter 4, it says that they come to the other disciples and the other Christians, and they go into a house in Acts chapter 4, and it says they pray for boldness. And you can read the prayer there as they pray together for boldness to go out and tell the good news of the gospel, to tell about Jesus. Even if persecution comes, even if the world is against them, they say, Father, give us boldness to go and share the good news because they know that the truth is so powerful, doesn't matter what you do to me, even if you kill me, that doesn't stop the truth. You remember we talked a couple weeks back about uh, Paul writing, saying that the word is not chained. You can destroy all the Bibles. You can try and wipe away Christianity. But if I still hold true to the gospel, if I can just remember one scripture, the word is not chained to my situation. It can go out and accomplish what it needs to do. They pray for boldness. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 2, the apostle Paul is now talking to the Gentile church. He says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So it's not a one-time deal, Paul is saying. Continue in it. Not just continue, but continue in it earnestly. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul makes this audacious declaration for everyone to read from now until eternity. I think, my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. So if he's praying and speaking in tongues, that means he's probably praying even more than he's praying and speaking in tongues. So the Apostle Paul shows up to the Gentiles and he tells you, continue praying. And by the way, I'm praying more than all of y'all. Try and beat my record. Now this is a good guideline of what we just went through on how to really study and search out and try and understand the doctrine of anything that you need in the scriptures. Is prayer biblical? I think we've just established that it looks like it is. We see throughout the history of the scriptures and the timeline of God, he's all about prayer. And so if you want to plug in anything in that moment, you can. So if you want to talk about healing, if you want to talk about speaking in tongues, if you want to talk about salvation, you can go through this test. Was it there before the Old Covenant? Do they talk about it in the Old Covenant? Does Jesus talk about it? Is the disciples and the Apostle Paul talking about it? Well, if it checks off in all of those things you should probably believe it, and you should probably apply it to your life. Healing. Is healing a part? We'll run it through. Yes, healing is. When God created humanity, they were healed. They were whole. There was nothing wrong with them. Moses. We see the Moses putting the snake on the rod when they were all being sick, and he says, look at the snake and you'll be healed. We see Jesus healing, going about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. We see the disciples and the Apostle Paul healing people. And when you go to heaven, you'll be healed and whole in your right body. So if we apply that in any aspect, if you're, if you're looking and searching the scriptures and you say, well, this pastor told me about prayer. I, I don't think prayer is biblical. Well, just go to the Bible and just run it through that test. 
let me do some research. Did God talk about it before the, new, the Old Covenant? Did he talk about it during the new, Old Covenant? Did Jesus talk about it? The disciples and the Apostle Paul talk about it? Okay, we have enough biblical evidence there to establish a doctrine that prayer is biblical and prayer is something that God wants his people to do and do on a continuous basis. Amen? We check that off the list. It's prayer biblical. So now that we know that prayer is biblical, now it is our responsibility, yikes, to actually pray. If we see enough scriptural evidence that God wants us to do something, then it is now our responsibility as members of the body of Christ to do that thing. Whether it's healing, whether it's salvation, whether it's speaking in tongues, whether it's prosperity, whether, whatever the topics are that's out there. Once you go through that and you decide, okay, there's scriptural evidence for it, okay, now you need to apply it to your life and walk that out. Amen? So let's talk about what prayer is not. Prayer is not thoughts. Prayer is not thoughts. That would be called meditation. I've been guilty of it. Once again, y'all being such a prayerful congregation might not be guilty of it, but how many of us have prayed internally without saying anything? We've done that. I just prayed in my head. Did you hear anything? Prayer is not thoughts. Prayer is, that would be called meditation. Let's look Psalms 19.14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The writer of this psalms right here makes a distinction between the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart. He's not saying the same thing. He's not being redundant there. He's saying that there's a distinction. Let the words, me talking of my mouth and my thoughts, my meditation of my heart be pleasing. Psalms 49.3 my mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. Once again, there's a distinction there of speaking and meditating. Meditating is not wrong. I'm not saying that meditating is wrong. It talks about it in the, that we should meditate on the scriptures. We should dwell on these things. We should think about these things. But there is no such thing as a silent prayer. Biblically, we see no evidence of when you pray in your mind, that's considered a prayer. You're either silent or you're praying. I want to teach y'all some things today. I want to encourage y'all in some things today so that we can understand the importance of prayer, but also how to pray correctly. That me, talking in my head, is not actually praying. It's meditating. But if we're going to pray and we're going to pray correctly, then we need to see how to pray correctly. Let's look at David talking about using your voice and talking out loud during prayer. Psalms 5 verses 2 through, two through 3. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my God and my King. For to you, I will pray, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. 
I don't have this up on the screen, but you can write this down. Psalms 28, 2 and 6. Psalms 28, 2 and 6. Hear the voice of my supplication when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Verse 6 says, blessed be the Lord because he has heard my voice of my supplication. Psalm 55, 17. I think I have that one up there. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud. He shall hear my voice. Psalm 66, 19. I don't know if I gave that one. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. So it's important to understand and know that when we pray, according to the scriptures, biblically, prayer is using your voice and talking out loud to God. Now you can alter and change the tone or the height or the strength of your voice. People in Walmart will look good if you're walking down the... Oh, God, we just thank you for today, for the cereal aisle. It's so delicious. But you can be pushing your buggies. Thank you, God, for healing me. I thank you, God, for moving in their lives. I thank you for the church. I thank you. I thank you for wisdom and revelation that as I'm here, I'm here on assignment to minister to someone, Father, open the doors. You can pray in your car. You have no problem singing out loud. I see you driving by all the time. You, you have no problem singing in your car as loud as you can. But when it comes to praying, we've got to turn off the radio, turn the air up. Hey, Jesus, I just want to see you down there. What? No, we need to use our words. We need to use our voice. Because there's something important when we use our words and we use our voice. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the, the silent thoughts and meditations of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed and created by what? The words of God. That the very first time that God spoke throughout the scriptures, it was used to create. The next time that God spoke was to communicate with Adam and Eve. That's the importance of our words. Our words are used for creation and then communication. The worlds were framed by the words of God. Your world right now is being framed by the words that you're saying. Where you are right now is a direct correlation to the words that you're saying about your life. Whether you like that or not, the scriptures don't deny that. Life and death is in the power of the thoughts and meditations. No, 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 that's not what the scripture says. Life and death is in the power of your tongue, and you're going to eat the fruit of it. That's why when we pray, it's important for our voice and our words to go out. Because I'm creating something. Because when I'm praying... More than likely, I'm praying for something to change in my atmosphere and change in my life. The disciples weren't at the bottom of the sea, at the bottom of the ocean, with Jesus still sleeping as they drowned and died. And they all got to heaven. And Jesus said, what happened? 
They said, well, we were praying to you in our mind. You didn't hear us screaming in our thoughts, in our meditations? The disciples run down to the boat. They grab Jesus with their words, with their voice. Do you not care that we're dying? Because they knew that they needed a creation miracle to happen because they could not change what was happening in their life. They had to go to him, speak out loud, ask him for help, and then Jesus shows up, creates, and says, move, wind, be still. Because things that we say create And it's also a form of communication, second. The importance of prayer is to pray creation into our lives and also communicate with our Father. No such thing as silent prayers. You're either silent or you're praying. So we have established that prayer is biblical. And if it's biblical, we need to be doing that in our lives. Secondly, we've established what prayer is not. And we're going to have to change the way that we pray. We're going to have to be a little more vocal, pray out loud, ask God. Because when we speak out loud, we, being a part of the body of Christ, says in the scriptures that as he is, so are we. And if God, at the threshold of eternity, spoke existence and creation into the world then we right here in our own lives, in our own world, can speak and create and change our atmosphere. If there's not peace in your house, if there's chaos, if there's anxiety, if there's struggle in your house, then it's time to start praying peace in your house, to create an atmosphere of peace. Communicate with your Father says in your scriptures that I'm going to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. I make my requests known to you. And when I do that, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We go out and we be the creators of our atmosphere. I'm not going to go out anymore and have somebody else ruin my day, ruin my life. I'm not going to let the boss ruin my life. I'm not going to let the traffic, I'm not going to let these things affect me and influence me anymore. I'm going to create from the inward outward, say, God, you're on my side. And if you're on my side, then it says you've given me the victory. You caused me to triumph in all things. Greater is he that's in me than anything that can come against me in the world. When you start praying like that, things start happening. Your life starts changing. God starts showing up. Then you start communicating with him. You start having a conversation with him. If we're not even praying to help create and change our atmosphere, it's going to be very hard for us to communicate with him. Me, maybe it's just me once again, as a man, as a husband, me and my wife are having a conversation. Sometimes it's not the best of conversations as we are um, agreeing to disagree on something. I don't know if it's just me, maybe it's you, but my wife says, do you have anything to say? But while she's talking to me, I'm having a conversation in my head, a separate conversation with her, 
saying, well, I should be apologizing and saying I'm sorry for that. I, I should be talking about this. I should bring this up. I should say this. And I've had this whole conversation with my head. I've been meditating in my head, and then she looks at me and says, do you have anything to say? I said, no, I don't, I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have nothing. Babe, you didn't hear the meditation in my head that was just, it was a beautiful conversation. We resolved it. We fixed our marriage. It could be the best for the rest of 100 years of our marriage, but because I didn't say anything to her, there's still tension. There's been no resolution. Even though I've had the best conversation in my head, I've loved her, I've kissed her, I've apologized to her, I've encouraged her, I've done all these things, and then my response is, no, I don't have anything. I love you. I'm sorry, I'll do better. Maybe next month we'll do like marriage counseling or something. <laughs> we'll preach on that for myself. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's being thought up here. There's no communication. There's no resolution that's happening in my marriage. I have to be vocal. I have to speak. I have to say. I have to talk. If I want our marriage to be good, I've got to speak good things over our marriage. I've got to speak good things over my wife, and she has to speak good things over me. If I want to have a volatile, bad marriage, all I have to do is say, well, you always, I never. That triggers the bad relationship. If it doesn't work in normal communication, why do we think that it would work in our prayer life? If the electric company, the water company, the hospital, whoever calls me, and says, sir, we haven't received any of your bills. We're going to turn your lights off. Well, I thought about paying you. <laughs> thought really, really hard about it. That should have fixed it, right? You didn't, get, you didn't get that think check sent your way? No, we didn't. We're turning your lights off now, sir. Your phone's turned off. Goodbye. Because communication doesn't work that way. We've got to be vocal. We've got to have conversations with each other. And when we speak... When we talk out loud, communication happens, things are resolved, and God can move. Amen? As I finish up today, the next question is, how or what should I be praying then? So now you've told me what it, prayer is not. You've also told me that prayer is biblical and I should be praying on a regular basis. Well, appreciate it, Pastor. Now I have no idea how to pray. I've... The way that I've been praying has been wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I've, I, I, need to, I don't know how to talk. I, I can't. It's weird. Hey, God. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. That was good. It's a good start. So how or what should I be praying? And that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of this month. The scripture that we're going to be studying all this month is 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, supplication prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about supplication, S, prayers, P, intercession, I, giving of thanks or thanksgiving, T. And by the end of this month, you're going to learn how to spit it out. Amen? What or how I should be praying. So next week, we're going to talk about supplication. What is supplication? 
Week after that, we're going to talk about prayer. What is prayer? How should I be praying? The next week after that, intercession. We hear that word a lot thrown around in the church community. Well, I'm an intercessor. There's no distinction on intercession. We are actually all called to be intercessors. The last one is giving of thanks or thanksgiving. Spit it out. As you go into this month, let's start praying and talking to God. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward. It's like the first time, I don't know how long you've been married, but you know, the first time you saw your wife, that awkward conversation, hi, it's a cute dress, you look nice. And now, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, honey, you got something in your teeth, can you pick it out? We're in the middle of church, he's preaching. I, I know, but it's annoying me, can you just, can you, can you breathe somewhere else? Can you just go to the other room? I love you. After those years of marriage, we have, we have no filter. We just say whatever to our spouse because we love each other and we've gone through that cycle. But the beginning, it's awkward. Uh, how do I pray? Hey, God, I love you. I miss you. That's all I got. Uh, and that's okay if that's where you start. Pray again. Pray again. And then you'll find yourself... Five days, 10 days, 30 days, three years, 10 years, 15 years. God, I need you. This is happening. This is happening. I can lay hands on the sick and they have to. You've got to show up. Your scripture says this. It says this. This is that, that. And we just start doing these things. And all of a sudden, we just have these conversations where we're in the middle of Walmart and we see somebody walk by and God says, go pray for them. Yes, sir. You see your enemy at work and God says, give them some money. Go tell them I love them. Go do this. Go do, yes, sir, yes, sir. Because the communication that we've got, and you learn how to spit it out. Are you all excited for the series? Amen. Amen. Let's stand up today as we get ready to go. Father, we thank you for today. We pray out loud to you, and we let our voice be heard. No longer will we pray internally. We will biblically still meditate on your scriptures. We will still think about the goodness of God. But when we pray, we will pray with our voice, and we will pray out loud with our voice. We will find time, whether we're driving to work, whether we're in the shower, whether we're with our spouse, whether whatever's going on, we will find time to pray to you, and we will spit it out this month. We will start the process to understand and learn how to pray, Father. Because we want to communicate with you. We want to create and change our atmosphere, change our lives. We want to see the word of God as it is in heaven. Father, we have to see it here on earth in our lives. And we call it down from heaven into our lives by using our voice starting this month, Father. We are going to spit it out. We are going to let you know, Father, what we need in our lives. What we want to see change in our lives. We're going to speak to you. We're going to create with our words, and we're going to communicate, and we're going to have a conversation with you as we go. Father, I thank you for these people today. I thank you that they are healed by the stripes of Jesus. I thank you that they have the mind of Christ, like it says in the Scriptures. I thank you that it says in the Scriptures, they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now, and they're blessed in the future that you're bringing them into. Father, I thank you right now for these people that everything they put their hands to must prosper, Father. That the favor of God is on their life. They have favor with God and with man. Father, I thank you that it says in your word right now, they are 
a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. They are the salt and light of the earth. They are the ones that will go out and lay hands on this hurting, dying community. They will overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony in the name of Jesus. So, Father, protect these people. Bless these people. Cause them to prosper in everything they do this week and bring them back safely on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Don't forget about the books. Start bringing them next Sunday, and we'll pick this up next Sunday. God bless you. We love you. Y'all take care. Church podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.